I am George Tekmachev, and we're back with another Easton Target Archery podcast. After the long stretch of events, the World Archery Congress, the World Championship, and of course, the World Cup Finals, Tom Dillon got a couple of days off, uh, as did most of everybody involved in that uh, marathon series of events, but he's back with us now. Secretary General of World Archery, Tom Dillon, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Pleasure as always, George. Well, Tom, there's been um, a lot to say about our World Championship event. And before we start talking about other things, I just wanted to uh, touch base with you on the feedback that was received after the event, the outcome. Um, it was a tremendous uh, few days of archery, few, <laughs> a lot of days of archery in Yankton. Um, pretty much saved the season from my perspective, from the standpoint of where we've been for the last 18 months to two years and where we're going now. It feels like, it really feels like we are back in, in, in a way that is um, very positive for our sport. Yeah, I think uh, I, we, we launched uh, after, I would say, uh, most of the countries were in lockdown, the Back to Archery campaign. And I, I would say the, the World Championships and the World Cup final were, were really the, the, the last two events of that campaign, uh, Back to Archery. And, and we had um, two and a half weeks of, of intense uh, activities in Yankton. Um, Bruce and his team put on a, a very good show. And, and, and really, I thank uh, Bruce, Brittany, and, and the entire team for everything they've done. Because um, let's face it, there wouldn't have been many places on this earth where we could have done it in such a short time, especially for the World Cup final. Uh, and 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 have, I would say, a successful operation. So uh, thanks again to, to, to Bruce and his team for doing that. And he also took some days off uh, afterwards, which he well-deserved as well. So um, no, great, great events um, and, and great shooting. Uh, I think that we already saw at, at the Olympics the performance, but uh, I, I really saw that high level. And, and, and uh, some of the archers also commented to me as well. There was some really, really good shooting in those finals, uh, both for the World Championships and the World Cup final. Yes, and one of the factors that I think led to the performances we saw uh, was the fact that we did have a live audience, and I think that that really brought home the idea that hey, you know, this is this is why we have live events. This is why we need to have audiences for our sport. It really seemed to have driven the competitors to higher level and maintain their their performance and momentum. To degree yeah absolutely and and okay um it's clear we would have loved to have uh, thousands of spectators and and that and and freeze the world cup final in the middle of the week was not helping to attract a big crowd also everyone should be aware that we until very few i would say uh, weeks or even days before the event we weren't even sure that there would be spectators allowed to be there because in the, in the original proposal that was sent uh, to get uh, the permission to, to have people come into the United States, there, there was mention of no spectators. So we had to find solutions. We had spectators on one side that were part of the, uh, the officials and delegations where a mask was mandatory, on the other side, the general public where a mask was not mandatory. So we had to find solutions. We had to be creative. And in, in the end, we had spectators. It's clear that if it would have been a normal way of doing things before COVID, Probably there would have been ticket sales, there would have been larger stands, we would have had a, a precise idea how many people 
uh, came along. But but okay, uh, there was the atmosphere, there was great matches, and and the athletes uh, liked it. Looking forward to the indoor season now, Tom, and we have. Um... Nîmes coming up um, not too long from now, really, if we look at it objectively. And of course, uh, the Vegas shoot will be the great uh, event that it has been as things stand right now. Um, WA's involvement there uh, will continue from what I understand, and we will see an, a World Indoor Series final in Vegas this year. Is that correct? Absolutely. I We, we have, uh, I would say, uh, two live events so we have nim and vegas and vegas with the double of both the, the final qualifier for the final and then the final uh so uh we will have again uh, some great shooting in two great places uh and uh, the other thing then we are basically announcing it uh, this week to to our member associations we will have also an open ranking indoor world series we, we i would say we went a little bit halfway of what we did last season and, and, and what we do normally in the sense that tournaments can be registered for the open ranking. So we're not opening the door like we did last year that everyone can shoot in his backyard and, 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 and register scores because the, the process of checking scorecards and, and target faces and so on and so on was just too time-consuming and, and too difficult. But we are allowing every tournament that is registered to be part of, uh, from the 1st of November till uh, the last day of, 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 of Vegas to be part of the open uh, ranking of the Indoor World Series season. So it is, it is a way to get mass participation going again, because I, let's face it, that's what it's about, the Indoor World Series. The Indoor World Series is about having as many people as possible shoot uh, at 18 meters. And we will have also the, um, the advantage of, of having that... Uh, the rule change uh, coming into effect, I, that's only from January, but still uh, of the uh, uh, people can shoot the, the 80 meters round outdoor as well. Uh, and so we will see if that will add to the numbers at the end of the season. Then we will learn from that as, again and then see in which way we can go. If we, if we could find someone to, I would say, do the same operation we did last year, uh, with the staff we had in the office and, and, and make it, I would say, manageable. But we'll see if that's a possibility for the future uh, as well. But it's but uh, we wanted to find a, a good compromise of what we did last year and what we do and what we will do this year and see and see how it goes. Yeah, it's really good news because when we were first discussing this in Yankton a few, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the consensus was that that was way too much work. You had more than 4,000 entries for each one of these things. And your people had to go through photos of each and every target. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a nightmare. But yeah, and that's um, why, and that's why we found this solution of, of, I would say, using regular tournaments and making them part of the circuit uh, for the for the, I would say, the mass participation ranking. It's not to qualify for the finals. Let's be very clear on that. But it will allow everyone in the world, if they participated in a registered tournament of world archery or one of its member associations to be on that ranking at the end of the season and to compare themselves with uh, the Braden Galantines, the Brady Allisons, the, the Mike Schlesers, the Gabby Schlesers, and so on and so on. Well, maybe we'll even have the Koreans shooting indoors again. It might be, might be the case. It would be nice. You know, the... Um... I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. 
so that's that's actually a great piece of news. Thank you for that. And uh, I think that we're all we're all going to look forward to that. Of course, it eliminates the need to check the targets because it's not people shooting on their own. It's in registered tournaments, as you pointed out. So that takes care of the biggest hurdle to, to having something like this. That's a great initiative. And of course, um, NEEM registrations have opened from what I understand, and uh, Vegas registrations are opening as well. So people yes. can get to the respective websites for those events and can get ready to get back to archery, continue to get back to archery. Well, Tom, shifting gears, um, there's been a decision by the executive board, and I think we should back up and perhaps revisit some of the things that were discussed in Yankton at the Congress to give proper perspective to what we're going to be talking about here. The Congress had a package of proposals that taken together as a whole could have had the potential of reducing the duration of an event such as a world championship by as much as a full day, which might not sound like a big deal, but it is a very big deal because of the costs associated with having a thousand people in a particular location. Just imagine a, a thousand hotel room nights. None of us, neither you nor I would want that on our, on our bill. And uh, imagine what that means, you know, to a organizing committee that is trying to put on a big event like a world championship. So without going into a lot of detail, because that's been thoroughly covered in previous podcasts, the package of proposals, such as uh, reducing the size of the recurve target face, such as reducing the number of arrows shot to 60 from 72, such as having the potential for 11 ring scoring, all of which were meant to reduce the number of ties and therefore reduce the number of shoot-offs combined with a reduced time limit for shooting, all of those things were intended to provide for enough leeway to give organizers a chance to reduce the total duration of an event. Is that a fair way to summarize things? Absolutely. That's a very good way. And that's, like I say, it was part of a package to keep this, at the same time, uh, the end result competitive and reduce the time um, in, in a way that, that makes sense. Yeah. But for various reasons, um, you know, <clears throat> some of, some of which were pretty legitimate and some of which, you know, I, I'm not quite sure about Congress decided not to pass, um, that package. And as the vote became clear, some of the committees withdrew one of the proposals. And as a result, um, when we came out of Yankton, the one aspect of it that was passed by Congress was the rule change from 40 seconds per arrow to 30 seconds per arrow, which was up to the executive board of WA to decide whether to implement or not. And in the past few days, uh, they have gone ahead and implemented that particular rule change. And as you may know, that has resulted in some questions and a little bit of Sturm und Drang in social media. But in general terms, um, this is a change that uh, that the executive board has has decided upon. Um, so, give us a perspective. Uh, first, your perspective, um, recognizing that you know the board makes these decisions based upon the input that they've had from Congress and from various uh, other. Uh, stakeholders in the sport. Yeah, and, and uh, first I want to clarify very clearly the process. So, so first of all, this is a decision. I sorry, 
this is a proposal that came from our target committee that was discussed with all the other committees, which are people that are elected out of Congress, to come with proposals based on what they see on the field of play and what, what is happening in the sport. So that's first step. That was then uh, put uh, to, to our board, and our board said, okay, it's an important change. They could have decided themselves to take a decision without going to any kind of uh, Congress input or not, but they said, okay, it's an important change. Uh, we would like to get the opinion of Congress on the actual idea. And that's what happened. Congress, the other, the other motions were actually Congress decisions, and Congress took a decision. There was a a simple majority, but it needs a two-third majority, and so they failed. This particular proposal, so this was kind of an, uh, an op op opinion poll, had a majority by Congress. Now, some people might say, oh, they didn't really have 100% in agreement. Yes. Some might say, oh, they didn't really know what they're voting on. Sorry. We did several conference calls with all our member associations, with the Congress delegates, where we explained the process, we explained the proposal, so it was very clear what they were voting on. Yes, there were people that raised some points that were making things difficult, for instance, and this is something we are fully aware of. There is the situation that you can't run in the same time a para-event and a regular event, that doesn't stop from para-archers competing in a regular event, which they already could do in the past, and where they already have to adapt to the other rules, like, for instance, based on the shooting line and some other limitations. So it doesn't stop people in a wheelchair or that have an impairment to compete with other archers, which is some of the, the objections I've heard. It's clear, it doesn't make it easier for them. But um, we... we, we uh, had the board after the Congress get together and uh, decide on uh, implementing this proposal from the target committee. And uh, there's one thing that uh, we will clarify probably next week because there's been discussion on when this all comes into effect. Now, initially, it was going to be like all other rules on the 15th of January, but there is a discussion going on and there will be a decision next week that it might be just after the indoor season because otherwise, for instance, NIM would be in the middle of the change, which doesn't make sense. So there will be a discussion on that. There will be a postal vote to, to perhaps, if they agree, the executive board to change the implementation date. Now, there's also been discussions on things like, oh, uh, we would need to reset all the world records. No, this is not the case. Uh, and there is several precedents for that. When we moved uh, on the 1440 round from two ends of three arrows that were shot A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, and they were in two minutes 30 to four minutes for six arrows, we didn't change uh, the world records. Uh, when we move from 20 seconds to get to the line to 10 seconds, I remember some of the discussions were saying, oh, we're going to have so much accidents. We're going to destroy the sport because people will get injured on the shooting line. I'm still waiting for the first accident to happen. Uh, and, and so changes happen. 
And, well, and, 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 and in yeah. fact, Tom, even a bigger change did not result in changes to the world records. When we went from the standard FIDA round to the grand FIDA, the records were absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's a much bigger change than just timing. Uh, that's an yeah. enormous change compared to timing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there, as you say, there's a precedent for it. Um, and this is similar in terms of uh, that to the 10 seconds, as you pointed out, versus the 20. And as you say, I mean, these things are taken in stride. The shooters adapt to changes of this kind. But um, what's the why for this particular one in the absence of well, the it's, other it's, changes it's, is the question I have. It is, still, it is still to reduce the time of our events because it will still have an impact on the time of our events uh, because uh, it will reduce the total shooting time as such. So... Yes, it will not achieve the entire uh, time reduction we, want, we wanted to have, but it will still reduce the time. And for instance, we've, we are in consultation with our coaches committee uh, uh, at this time for a schedule change, which will also impact on things like practice, uh, especially official practice and the time we allocate for official practice, because the idea is still to come to a reduction of one day if possible and that's something we really want to to get to because that will make the life of many of the professional archers and also some of the the, our, the amateur archers that need to take holiday that we don't end up having two weekends uh, for an event blocked and, and this is the real i would say thing we want to achieve and yes we could have reduced time more with having the full package person but we still uh, are able to reduce some of the time. So it's something we are discussing with the coaches committee. We will also have a discussion on, on the World Cup rules with both coaches and athletes committee. And following that, we will make announcements on schedule, on number of people that uh, qualify for the elimination rounds and so on and so on. So there are certain things being discussed to, to achieve the same result. Now, the other thing that I want to be very clear on the big difference between a rule passed or a law passed by Congress and a bylaw passed by the executive board is that if we make a mistake, and if it's really something that is completely wrong, there is absolutely no major issue of reverting it after a certain time. Whereas if it's a Congress law decision, we have to wait four years. So this is something else that we will, of course, monitor. There is a precedent on that as well. For instance, when we introduced the hit and miss for the compound, well, after a year of trying it out, we saw it didn't work and we went to another solution. So we, we have options if really if there is really an issue and we really it, it turns out that it was really a mistake to do it, we can go back to the situation before. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, that's a really important distinction to make. And, and, you know, something to understand is that the flexibility that this allows in the bylaws um, really does allow for, you know, reality-based testing of this kind of thing. And I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, personally, I think people will just adapt. But, uh, I mean, you know, obviously... Yeah, and, 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 and also coming... I saw some of the, the critics, and okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking sides in, in this thing, and, 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 and for, for the listeners' information, we got, we got a letter from one of our member associations, and that will be discussed at our board meeting in December. And okay, who knows? Maybe the board 
takes a decision to reverse it. But I, 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 frankly speaking, that will be handled in December in the board. It's not my position to to comment on that now. Yeah. Now that uh, next meeting is on the fifth of December. So yes. The, so before it will come into effect. Yeah. Yeah. So the deadline that, for change requests is the 20. end of October, right? Uh, yeah, uh, because we need to go and get the committee's uh, input and so on and so on. So let, let's let, let's 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 for a moment park that uh, aside. But some of the comments I've seen. Uh, this this will um, uh, cause uh, juniors or beginners uh, to 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 stop uh, archery. Now, I don't know any beginner or, or especially young archer that has problems with time. It's the opposite. They are the first of the shooting line. Now, saying that this could cause problems for uh, masters, yes. Masters might have to make changes uh, to uh, their bow weight, uh, might to have to do some uh, more physical training because uh, I face it myself when I shoot. Uh, the time is short when you need it. Uh, and uh, so th th there is definitely a, a factor there and that will be something we have to evaluate. Okay, so as you say, we'll have a chance to see. Uh, there's a possibility that the date of implementation may change. And WA is open to, as has been proven in the past, making changes if things turn out not to be advantageous for the sport. And I think that's the bottom line for this. Moving on. Look, uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, just, just to finish, finish off on it, I, I would say, when you make change, we've always had people say, oh, this is crazy, this is uh, destroying the sport, and so on and so on. <laughs> well, uh, I had that for set play. I don't think I had many comments on set play in the last few months, uh, especially when I think about Olympics or the World Championships. Uh, we, when we moved from the 14-14 round to the 70-meter round, even when you, the one you mentioned, I wasn't even involved at that time, but... Uh, uh, from the 1440 round to the Grand Fita round, uh, it's I look, I, I, it always comes back to 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 one of uh, I, one time I had a discussion with Simon Fairweather, who was a world champion with the Grand Fita round and an Olympic champion with the Olympic round. So I asked Simon, uh, who is the best archer, the Simon that won with the Grand Fita round or the Simon that won with the Olympic round? And his answer was very simple. The best archer is the archer that wins with the rules that are in place. And that's, that's, that's how it is. Yeah, that's the bottom line. There's been a, um, an exciting development, in my opinion, for para-archery. Uh, the executive board has accepted the proposal to replace the team event in para-archery in, uh, in the World Archery Para-Championship with a doubles event. So uh, a three athlete event has now been replaced with something a little more like uh, mixed team. Uh, it's not mixed team, but it's a doubles event. Um, and this should allow more participation and, and more countries, just like we've seen in the Olympic games, Tom. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and it's specifically, uh, I would say designed to have more women's participation because 
So one of the things that we had when there was a three athlete team is that uh, several of the national federation would say, oh, we'll send three men and maybe one woman, but so we have a mixed team, but not two women or three women. And so it's really a push to have more, more gender balance in, pa in para archery because we have a clear strategy to have by the Los Angeles Paralympic Games in 2028, a fully gender balanced quota as we have in the Olympics. But yeah. to do that, we need to have more women participation in all of our events. And so this is clearly aimed at this, is to have more impaired women archers participating in high level competition. And we really think that the doubles will help with that. Uh, I'm sure that many of the listeners are asking, and hey, what is going to happen for the non-para competitions? Well, we will see what happens. I don't know at the moment, but there is a possibility that this could be a, a future thinking path as well. So there is a possibility, just to be clear, that if things go well with uh, the goals of doubles in the para, we could possibly see a proposal for a similar change or even a similar addition to our uh, regular events, potentially down the road. Yeah, I, having said that, the big difference again between the para competition and uh, the other competitions is that uh, that would need a Congress change. So that cannot happen before 2025. Uh, and and so we, we will need to see how it goes. Yeah, it would be now, after the Paris knows, Olympic we Games. See, absolutely. So, so we will see how it goes, but it's it's uh, it, it is something that uh, can be considered for the future. Um, I know that many people say, "Oh, we should have more quotas for for more countries." This could be an option uh, to go in that direction. Uh, who knows in terms of uh, what happens with uh, compounds? Uh, without uh, going into more detail, but this could be also an option to create quotas for compound and so on and so on. So a very interesting thing because it's being tested by the para athletes, but it could be something that could have major implications for our sport uh, after the Paris cycle has been completed and we're getting ready for Los Angeles. It'll be very interesting. And of course, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, there's at least two events for the para-athletes, major world events, maybe three, plus the continental events that may provide for the kind of data that would go along with um, helping make those decisions, right, Tom? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a world ranking circuit. There is a European Cup circuit for para. Uh, there's more and more competitions for para developing. So yeah, it's 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 going to give uh, good information. And, and don't forget, we had the mixed team in the para before we had it in, in, the, in the Olympics. So the Paras have been very good help to us to, to check on things. Yeah, the sort of the, uh, the trailblazers for uh, new initiatives and ideas. And I think that that's a, a great thing. Well, Tom, we're getting ready for Indoor World Series. Uh, the Indoor World Series circuit, Neem International Tournament, Vegas shoot, January and February. And uh, I know you're practicing. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> no, me neither. 
but uh, yeah, I look forward to to uh, those events as they get for as they get going, and uh, hope to see you in Vegas, of course. And I think that. Uh, uh, by the way, there's one other piece of news that I've seen that uh, is interesting. Germany has a new archery performance center in uh, in Wiesbaden, um, and I think that that is a, a nice development as we continue to see uh, different federations around the world continuing to invest in the future of our sport. The Federal Shooting Sports Center uh, is the new home for the German national team, Tom. Well, it's, it's, it, is, it is, I would say, more a, a venue for the national shooting team than for the archery team. The archery team is, is still uh, practicing in Berlin. And actually, there is a project to, to have an, uh, a, an, an archery center also, specifically then for archery alone, uh, with the 70-meter range in, in Berlin. So that's, that's, that's a project that is advancing really well um and but but the facility in Wiesbaden where also the headquarters of the German uh, shooting and archery federation is based uh is available for uh, uh seminars uh, uh coaching seminars seminars uh, actually the world Archie europe board meeting uh will take place there in uh, i think a week from now uh so it's it is a facility that will be used by archery as well there is a nice hotel link to it um, I haven't seen the final version. I've seen it when it was still under construction, but uh, it is it is a real nice facility, and and I think uh, again uh, it uh, it allows uh, the sport to grow uh, uh, in a good way. And um, I uh, congratulate uh, the German uh, Shooting and Archery Federation for for achieving this because. Uh, with with everything with COVID and so on, it was not easy to get it finalized, but they did it, and uh, congratulations to them. Yes, and it it seems to me that there's also some special consideration for Paralympic shooters at this particular facility. It has been designed Absolutely. to help yeah. with that particular aspect of things, and I think again, it shows it underscores the importance of para to our sport overall. And uh, you know, that's that's. Uh, a positive development in Germany and, and for Europe in general, because I, I know that, uh, you know, there's going to be opportunities for, as you say, coaches and teams to have seminars and things of that nature. More archery facilities is definitely a good thing. Yeah. And, and the, the, the aspect is that you mentioned on para, I think is, is important and uh, really uh, I'm a big, uh, I would say a promoter of, of the para uh, side of our sport uh, and uh, yeah, we had great Paralympics. We, we talked about the Olympics, but we had fantastic Paralympics with, with great results. Uh, Nemati winning for the third time. It's an amazing result. Uh, Kevin uh, winning the gold. Uh, it, it's, it's been really fantastic uh, games uh, uh, and, and with real personalities and, and, and real people that can make a difference and... and um, they're, they're a real inspiration for what we do. Absolutely. You know, we had Kevin Mather on the uh, podcast. What a personality and what an athlete. He's, uh, he's something else. He's really a special guy. Well, Tom Dillon, I want to thank you for taking the time um, from your busy schedule in Paris as we speak to uh, join us on the podcast today. Uh, we will keep our eyes open and catch up with you once again after this uh, uh, WA executive board meeting that takes place early in December to find out if any changes to some of the things we've discussed have indeed been implemented. If so, um, you know, I think 
that'll go a long way toward uh, ameliorating some of the concerns that were brought up by a few people after the fact. Uh, as you pointed out, of course, uh, lots of folks had a chance to say something beforehand. So uh, it sometimes seems like you hear a lot more afterward, though. Well, yes, well, it's it's as it is, and okay, like I said, I it's 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 not I if there's one thing that's written in stone, it's our rule book, that's for sure. Uh, and um, we'll see what the future will bring. And, and okay, I, I think people should not. I would say I, I, everyone has his opinion, and we have to respect everyone's opinion. But let's see how it goes before we start saying it's good or bad. All right. Tom Dillon, thank you so much again for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. And, and by the way, don't forget also there will be the Asian Championship soon in uh, uh, November in Dhaka in Bangladesh, where we will see yeah. some exciting archery, I'm sure. Yes, I was going to mention, I forgot to mention that. Thank you for reminding me that uh, we have, you have the World Archery Asia Congress, and then right after that, the Asian Archery Championship taking place from the 13th through the 19th of November. Do you happen to know if there will be some streaming video from that event, Tom? Absolutely. There will be, there will be a, for sure a highlights production. I'm not sure if there will be a live streaming, but there will be for sure a TV production uh, of the last two days. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you today yet uh, if there will be a streaming uh, as such, but my guess is yes. So a good chance that we'll be able to see some of the top shooters from Asia in action uh, in November, again, that dates for that are the 13th through the 19th in Dhaka, Bangladesh. And not long after that, uh, the Pan-American Youth Games in Colombia. So uh, the calendar continues, archery continues. And uh, the next big event after that, of course, the Indoor Archery World Series. So thanks for that reminder, Tom. That's an important event, and uh, we'll keep our eyes open on that one.